0: Good morning, everybody. It's so exciting uh, to be in person with you, uh, for those of you who are here. And uh, those of you joining us online, welcome. Uh, We're so glad that you are part of our church and that you're tuning in this morning. Uh, I think it's so easy sometimes to separate being in person and being online, but can I just share with you some of the amazing things God's doing through our online ministry? Uh, Just last week, we had one of Uh, someone watching from South Fork, Colorado, uh, where they're serving on the mission field and they were able to join us for service. Uh, Last week, one of our pastors, Pastor Corey, uh, was able to engage in service uh, as her daughter uh, recovered from having her wisdom teeth removed. And then another couple uh, from our church was able uh, to participate in service uh, while they were in the hospital, uh, getting some help. And so uh, how many of you know it's just so amazing that we can still be a church body even online. So Church, would you give our online audience a big round of applause? Yeah. Awesome. And if you're watching this morning, um, our prayer team will be in the comment section all morning long. Uh, so during the message, or if you just need some prayer, uh, please just feel free to type that in the comments. And our prayer team, uh, they'll get back with you uh, pretty much instantaneously. Like it's, they're, they're on it. So uh, be sure to drop your prayer request in there. But. Uh, man, I'm excited to be sharing with you this morning. Uh, like Pastor Clark said, Pastor Jay's not here, but he, uh, Pastor Jay's been taking us through a series called The Blessing over the past couple of weeks. And if you've missed any of those, can I just encourage you uh, to, to listen to the podcast or go on YouTube or Facebook or whatever device you prefer uh, and listen to those? It really is such a rich series. And this week, uh, we're going to finish our series. But before we do, uh, I want us to look at a news article together. and some of you just like sighed and rolled your eyes a little bit. It's okay. Uh, I promise you, it's not political, and I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure it's not controversial. But here's the news article. Please scream inside your heart. Japanese amusement park tells thrill seekers. Now, we've read a lot of crazy stuff recently, um, but th- this, this one just stopped me in my tracks. and made me laugh. Like, imagine going to an amusement park, right? That alone is like, feels like an imagination right now. But imagine going to an amusement park, and you're in your favorite roller coaster, right? Like, you've been waiting in line. You've probably sweat a whole lot, and you're sitting in there. You're buckled in, and right before it's about to go, somebody comes over and goes, hey, 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 please, please just keep your screams inside your heart you would look at them like they were crazy, right? Like you want me to scream in my heart? Now, I don't know what kind of roller coasters you've ridden, but I, I've, I feel like I've had anywhere on the scale of super sketchy at like the fair to like Disney World, right? And so sometimes my scream is more for my safety than for the thrill, right? Um, if you've ever been on the zipper at the fair, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but how would you keep your scream inside yourself? It would be so, so difficult, so painful. Imagine you're on a roller coaster for the first time and you get buckled in and somebody just was like, it would be as awkward to see as it was to just watch me do, I promise, okay? (laughs) Um, It would be so difficult to keep that inside of your heart. This advice seems absolutely crazy. Please scream inside your heart. But what's so funny is we have no problem following the scream inside your heart rule in our day-to-day lives. We walk around and, and we hold in our pain and we hold in the, the painful conversations or the frustrations and emotions we have. And we have no problem following this rule of scream inside your heart. Scream inside your heart where others can't see. And we block out the pain and we avoid difficult conversations and, and we keep the, the frustrations of our lives to ourselves, So we can preserve our image or we can decide to take the pain from a Situation, and we'll just keep it upon ourselves instead of letting somebody else deal with it. We've been conditioned to take our pain and hide it. Don't be too messy. Don't, don't show other people you're hurting. Don't cause a scene. I heard that a lot as a child. Um, but we live in a world where people are screaming inside their hearts. Maybe it's due to the cinematic masterpiece award-winning movie Frozen, and we take the advice of Elsa, right? Conceal, don't feel. All the parents just sighed. It's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, like Pastor Clark said, I work with middle schoolers. But because we live in a culture that for the most part has missed out on the blessing, who doesn't know what it's like to live a life full of blessing, full of love, and full of acceptance, we walk around thinking this is normal. But, but what is the blessing, Right? Maybe this is your, your first time lo- tuning in with us. Maybe this is your first time here in a couple weeks. Or maybe you've just had a week, right? Well, if you're, if you're new this morning, I want to re- give us a reminder of what the blessing is. The blessing is this, unconditional love and acceptance communicated. And for the past couple of weeks, Pastor Jay has done a phenomenal job of explaining what does this look like? What does it mean to live in a home, to be a parent, to be the spiritual leader of your house and communicate these things? Well, we, we've said it looks like this, meaningful touch, a spoken message, communicating high value, demonstre- or picturing a God-designed future, a genuine commitment to fulfill the blessing. And I think we can all agree that all five of those things are really good. Like, when they're done correctly, like, I think we would all love to be in a home where those things are present. But this morning, I want us to talk about what does it look like if we grew up in a home without a blessing? What if we find ourselves in a circumstance that looks opposite of that? What What if we don't know what that's like? What do we do? So if you're taking notes this morning... Um, I'm going to give you the advice that I give to our middle schoolers and high schoolers regularly. Uh, People who take notes get into heaven first. Uh, It's like a fast pass. Um, That is not theologically correct, but I really like the idea. So if you want to cut the line to heaven, Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, go, Go ahead and jot these down. But I want to give you, what are some of the side effects of living without the blessing? Number one is this. We accept hopelessness as a permanent condition. So part of my job here at the church is I work with Master's Commission. Uh, it's a three-year discipleship training school. Um, and one of the unique opportunities of Master's Commission is we get to do some fundraisers uh, to help uh, raise the money for our program and for students' tuition. And so about five summers ago, um, I was leading a fundraiser in Orlando, and we had been there for two weeks, um, and it had been a long two weeks, right? How many of you know there's, some, there's a difference between like being a part of something and leading something, Right. Uh, and so I got the, the pleasure of being in charge, and it, it had been a long week. One of our students had snuck backstage to meet Kelly Clarkson. Like, it, it, had, been, it had been a week. And so we finally are leaving, and we, we get in the vans, and I make the brilliant leadership decision. I said to the team, I said, hey, we're not going to eat breakfast right away. What we're going to do is we're going to get like an hour up the road outside of Orlando, um, and we'll stop to get something to eat. That way we avoid the traffic. Well, everybody's tired from the trip, so they're like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. Well, um, we get on the road, and we get about 30 minutes up the road, and traffic comes to a complete stop. I'm an optimist by nature, so I'm like, guys, it'll be fine, no big deal, like, we'll get moving in a second. Well, everybody hops on their phone, and they're on Facebook and things, and they go, oh, my gosh. What happened was somebody was at a rest area, and the police, they had done something wrong, and the police were chasing them through the woods, and so they didn't want any of the cars to move in case something happened. And we're like, this is insane, but no big deal, like we'll only be here for a little bit. Well, an hour passes, two hours pass, and we're like scavenging through our backpacks, like people are eating crumbs, like people are licking the seat of the van. Um, <laughs> MC's a very weird culture, I, I don't have time to, to explain it. But, um, Three hours go by, and I'm like, guys, it's fine. No big deal. But then bathrooms start to become a situation. Uh, Five hours go on. Six hours on the side of the road in July in Florida, and the AC is just not keeping up. It starts to rain, thankfully. Uh, Six hours go by. Seven hours go by. And about seven hours and 32 minutes was my breaking point. And I was like, we are going to be here forever. Like, I have to find a way for 20 people to sleep on the side of the road. Like, I have no food for them. Like, we're going to run out of gas. Like, all of these situations. And I'm like, this is hopeless. Like, we're never going to move. And I'm like, maybe I should change my mailing address to, like, random piece of highway, Florida, where it's really hot. Like, just, just leave me here. Like, this is where I'll be for the rest of my life. Seven hours go by. Eight hours and 46 minutes go by. And finally, traffic starts to move. When we got to McDonald's that night, people were coming out of the vans crying, embracing, like like it was like the most traumatic thing we had survived together on that trip. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we treat our situation and we treat our lives, especially if we've lived without the blessing, to be hopeless. Like this is our reality instead of the current moment we're living through. I'm very thankful to tell you I don't live in a van on the highway, right? Like I like I live in a home, not, not like a never mind. I, I live in a house, but uh, if we're not careful, hopelessness has a way of changing our outlook on things from instead of this is how things are right now to this is how things are always going to be. That we're stuck, that our finances are never gonna change, my relationship status will never change, my home will never change, my work will never change, I'm just stuck and I should give up. Because the truth is, when we've repeatedly faced situations that are difficult, that have harmed us, that make us passive, they make us unmotivated to face the obstacles and battles of our lives, and they cause us to just give up and to lose hope. Or sometimes the second side effect, if you're taking notes, of growing up without the blessing, the side effects of that is we feel like we don't fit. How many of you in here would say you like puzzles? Anybody like puzzles? Come on, raise your hand. Don't high five anybody, but raise your hand. All right, those of you watching at home, if you like puzzles, you better be raising your hand in your living room, unless you are currently doing a puzzle. Okay. Um, awesome. So a lot of you guys like puzzles. I really want to like puzzles. Like I think they're really cool, right? Like finding the right piece and like delicately like putting them together. Um, but I've lovingly been called like a bull in a china shop. Like I just don't have the attention span that it takes to sit there and put hundreds upon hundreds of pieces together. But I think what we can all agree upon is the fact that when a puzzle comes together, it's beautiful. The picture is unique, and it's, it's one of a kind, and it's almost more special because all these pieces fit together to make up one picture. However, I think for those of us in the room this morning or, or watching online, we know what it's like if we've grown up without the blessing. We know what it's like to be a puzzle piece that doesn't fit when we don't know that we fully belong to God, that you and I are unconditionally and radically loved by him, that we're created in his image. We'll spend our whole life looking for belonging. And sometimes it looks like almost smothering, right? Like I just, I have to be friends with these people. I have to be part of this group of people. And sometimes it looks like changing our interests and our likes and what we do and our goals so that people will accept us. And it's not just something that teenagers do, adults do it too. When we've lived the majority of our life without the presence of the blessing, it's so easy to feel this way. And the truth of it is, the enemy, Satan, he wants you to feel valued so little that you'll walk around and spend your life in this headspace of, man, I'm I'm just, I'm pushed aside, I've been rejected, nobody wants me to be a part of anything. But I have good news for you that God loves you so much. He put the highest value on you when he sent his son Jesus to die for you. When Jesus sees you, he sees value. He sees a tremendous value. Even though you might have never felt value, you might have never felt belonging from your family, can I tell you this morning that if you're a follower of Jesus, and even if you're not yet, That no matter what you do and no matter how hard you try to outrun it, you can't because he loves you and his arms are open to you and he just speaks belonging over you. You're radically and unconditionally loved. You're part of the family. But maybe this morning you find yourself and you say, I I do feel that way, Amber. I, I feel hopeless or I feel like I don't fit. I feel like I've missed out on the blessing and maybe you've sat through this whole sermon series and you just have been been angry because you feel like you've missed out. This morning, can I give you four points or four pieces of advice that I think will help you if you find yourself in this place? Number one is this, be honest with yourself about your past. I think sometimes we think we're doing ourselves a favor by suppressing our hurts and our pains. But can I tell you what, no matter how fancy of a Band-Aid you buy, no matter what kind of glasses you try to put on a story, rose-colored, tinted, rainbow, whatever you want, the pain and suffering of things are still there. No matter how, how much we try, we can't outrun, we can't cover it up. But there's a reason for that, because God doesn't want us to live with the pain of our past. Sometimes we hold on to pain like it's a badge of honor when, in fact, Jesus wants to come and he wants to speak to that pain and he wants to speak truth and healing and freedom. I love what Jesus says in John chapter 8. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus is truth. That's who he is. And if Jesus is truth and he offers no cover-ups, no denying there's a problem when there really is one. Why? Because when we get honest with ourselves about our past and about our pain and we don't sugarcoat things away, Jesus can heal them. Uh, growing up, we would always go to my cousin's house, and they always had the coolest uh, electronics. Um, they, they, they just always had the newest stuff. And we would always play uh, video games when we would go over, and my favorite game was this one. It was Star Fox for, the super, uh, for Nintendo 64. If you know, you know. Uh, this was before the Switch, okay, uh, back in the day. But this was an awesome game, and we would always play together. And what I loved about this game was that Um my cousin, my cousin and my little brother would always want to play with me. But it was a one-player game. And so in all my older cousin brilliance, um, I would make myself player one, and then I would just hand them controllers. Right? So they would feel like they were playing, but they really weren't. Um, And while we were playing, they would be like, Oh, I'm so good. Did you see what I just did? Man, I'm so awesome at this game. And I would be over there like really struggling because I was actually playing. Um and so this went on for years, and I thought I was so brilliant. And eventually they got old enough to where they realized what I was doing, right? They're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I didn't do that. No, I, 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 no, I'm just hitting buttons. I'm not accomplishing anything. When we try to hide our pain and our hurts from some of the, the places and some of the voids that are missing in our life because we didn't receive the blessing, all we're doing is mas- we're just mashing the buttons and we're not allowing God to really accomplish anything in us. You'll find when we're honest about our past, we begin to see pain and the voids we're experiencing for what they truly are. You might just realize that you're missing part of the blessing. Maybe you only miss part. This isn't intended to like, give you ammunition, right? To like, be like, I missed the blessing and it's your fault. Like, I don't want you to like, go home and have really like, tense lunch conversations. But what it is meant to do is to provide you with a space to identify and realize what those things are and just be really honest with the Lord. The second thing we can do is we can seek to understand and not just move on. I think sometimes we have a problem of, like, wanting to hurry up and move past things that are painful. But I think the harder part is trying to understand why things happened. I don't know about you, but I suffer from a condition when I'm watching TV called secondhand embarrassment. Um, If something really awkward happens on the TV, I change the channel. Like, I just want it to be over. I'm like, when this awkward part of this movie is over, then I'll come back. And it's not even, like, bad awkward. It's just, like, like you can just feel the tension. You're like, oh, like, this is so weird. Like, I feel so bad for that person. Uh, And then we'll come back. But I know for me, sometimes I can treat my life that way. I can treat the things I've been through that same way. And if you find yourself struggling to understand maybe why things have happened in your life, maybe why you've had to go through certain things, can I encourage you this morning to, to take time to understand What you might learn when you do some research and when you talk with your family is that the patterns and the things you see in your parents actually run generations deep. Most parents who don't provide a home where the blessing is present isn't because they don't want to, it's because they've never had it modeled for them, they've never had it shown to them. Now, listen, I get it. Like, this is a lot easier said than done. It's easy to tell you this on a Sunday morning when we all look real nice and, like, the music was good and we all feel good, but, like, actually doing this thing is painful. And it's hard. But can I tell you that when we take the time to understand, it's so crazy that God will speak and God will be so in those moments and God will bring redemption and restoration to things that you thought could never turn around because that's who he is. That's the story of the Bible is redemption. Jesus has a way of taking situations that were painful and hard and turning them upside down and saying, hey, no, I'm going to speak truth and I'm going to speak life to that. And I know it's true because he did it for me. I have two amazing parents um, who actually are are probably watching right now, but things weren't always fantastic. We had some hard times growing up. And can I tell you that God has brought so much restoration and redemption to my relationship with my my mom specifically, because we took time to understand each other, because we took time to actually have those conversations. Proverbs 18.2 says this. Solomon gives us some just really practical advice. He says, fools find no pleasure... In understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. I've been a fool before, but I don't want to be because when we take time to understand, when we take time to understand our parents and our surrounding and, and the details surrounding our own story, you'll find you have a lot more compassion for the things your parents had to deal with. Number three, uh, the third way we, we deal with not having the blessing is we understand the power of a curse, okay? When I just said the word curse, some of you checked out on me, right? You're like, ooh, that's kind of creepy, like halloween or Harry Potter. No, like that's not what we're talking about, okay? Um, Some of you watch Dr. Pimple Popper, which is way more creepy, okay? Um, But anyways, uh, the word curse is used in the Bible, uh, in the Hebrew, and it means to consider something of little value or worth like a mist. Like like it's so insignificant. There's no value to it, right? It's almost like a sneeze. Well, actually a sneeze is a pretty big deal right now, right? Like if somebody sneezes, you're like, ooh, Um, like put on a mask, please. Uh, But to curse something means to give it such insignificant value. And some of you in here know what that's like. You felt pushed aside, like you are not enough, that you could never reach that level of expectation that your parents set on you. And can I encourage you with a kind of weird story from the Bible this morning? Uh, There's a story in uh, Numbers chapter 22, which is in the Old Testament. It's that first front half of the Bible. Uh, If you're new to church, when I first came to church, I didn't know where anything was. So uh, it's in the front half of the Bible. Uh, And Numbers 22 tells us the story of uh, the Moabites and the Israelites. So the Israelites are God's people, and they uh, set up camp next to the Moabites. And the king of the Moabites, he was not pleased with this, right? So uh, the king calls for this guy named Balaam to come. um, And Balaam was actually like this powerful warlock uh, who made money for cursing people. Some of you were like, that's in the Bible? Yes, it is. Uh, So the king of the Moabites hires Balaam to curse God's people. And this story kind of continues, it doesn't kind of, it does. Uh, It continues for the next couple of chapters in the Bible. And it's kind of this weird story. But later on in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, Moses uh, is talking to God's people again, and he's retelling this story. And I want you to look at how Moses summarizes this story And Deuteronomy twenty-three, five, he says this However the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm so thankful that the God that I serve and I sing about and I pray to is one that turns a curse into a blessing. There's some of you in here this morning who, who you've only ever known what it's like to live in the environment of a curse, but can I speak some encouragement over you from the Bible? You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not below. You will find favor with people. You were created by God in the image of God to do good works, to love people. That's what God says about you. But just because you've lived without the blessing doesn't mean you have to see yourself as cursed, which leads me to point number four this morning you can hit the reset button. Um, I don't know about any of my fellow millennial and Gen Z friends in the house, but um, back home in Florida, my parents consider me like an IT um, super genius. Uh, they think I should work for Geek Squad because anytime the Wi-Fi doesn't work, right, I just like walk over and I unplug it and I wait about 10 seconds and I plug it back in. Um, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. How'd you make it work? Um, I just hit the reset button. And I think for some of us in here this morning, we've lived lives absent of the blessing, but the invitation of God this morning to you is to hit the reset button. Maybe you're a parent in here this morning, and you say, I, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to, to live without the blessing. Maybe you're, you're not a parent yet. Maybe you're, you're just a like, kid, but you said, hey, I know what it's like. I know there's parts of my, parts of my life where the blessing is missing. I just want to encourage you this morning. I think that, that we were so, so quick to see what's missing in our lives. And we want to be the thermometer, right? Oh, well, the, the standard isn't there. We're not, it's not good enough yet. The blessing isn't there. I think this morning God wants us to be the thermostat and set the temperature. To say this is how things are going to be. If you're a parent in here this morning and you, just, you feel like you maybe haven't hit the mark, it's not too late. You can hit the reset button. You can give your kids a godly home. You can be a godly leader. Even if you're in here this morning and, and you're a single parent and you feel like, oh, I'm, uh, we're missing out. No, like you can be a godly leader in your home. And you can teach your children godly values. And you can lead them and you can provide them with an atmosphere where they can know God. Maybe you're in here this morning and you would say, Amber, I'm, I'm not married yet. I'm by myself. I'm single. What do, what do I do? Well, good news. Me too. But I want to live my life right now before I even have a family. That every room I walk into where where I get to be of influence, where I get to have a say, where I get to be the thermostat, to be one where blessing is present. You you guys know I'm not a hugger, but uh, I want to communicate the blessing to the people God puts in my life. So that one day when I have a family, that those values are already so deeply ingrained within me that they just overflow. It's not too late to start. You're the key to the blessings of God for your family and your future family. Of course, your family can be blessed by God without you, but imagine how much easier it will be for them if you'll provide that space, if you'll provide that blessing. This morning, I would like to ask you to stand with me if you're able to. And I'm just gonna ask that you just kind of find a space to just be comfortable for a second and just close your eyes bow your heads I'm I'm not gonna do anything weird up here there's no puppet show happening but this morning just like the article we read where it said please scream inside your heart I can't help but feel like there's some of you who are screaming inside your heart this morning and I want to ask three questions and with every head bowed and after I ask the question if that's you I'm just gonna ask you raise your hand if you're in here this morning and you would say Amber um I'm not being real with my pain. I'm not being real with my frustrations. I'm trying to act like everything's okay, and I know it's not. And I'm screaming inside my heart. If that's you with nobody looking around this morning, will you just lift your hand as a sign of, hey, I'm, I'm ready to let God start dealing with me, ready to let God start dealing with some of those painful parts of my heart. Yeah, thank you for being bold. You can put your hand right back down. Thank you. God wants to meet those pains, the, the real ones. You don't have to pretend. The second question I wanna ask this morning is, if you're in here and you would say, I'm I'm ready to understand, but I know those conversations aren't gonna be easy, they're gonna be hard, but I know they're so necessary. If that's you this morning, if you just say, I just need some encouragement, I need the courage and the bravery to have those conversations, would you just lift up your hand and put it right back down? Yeah, yeah, all across the room, thank you. Thank you for being brave. Put your hand right back down. The last question I wanna ask this morning is this, is if you're in here this morning and you would just say, I'm, I'm ready to hit restart. I'm ready to hit reset. I'm screaming inside my heart for something to change. in this morning, I need, I need God to come and help me hit that reset button. If that's you with nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand? Thank you, yeah. Thank you for, for being honest this morning. Yeah, what an amazing opportunity we have. Put your hand right back down. If you lifted your hand this morning or if you didn't and you wanted to, can I pray for you real fast? Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you that you are the God who hears the screams inside our heart. And so God, for those hurting this morning, God, would you would you help them to, to let you come in and heal those pains? God, for those who raised their hand this morning and just said, I'm ready to have tough conversations. God, would you give them, God, just the bravery and the courage and the understanding to have those? And lastly, God, this morning, if Um, for those who raised their hand and just said, I need to hit the reset button. I need something to change. Even in the middle of, of coronavirus, even in the middle of whatever life is right now, I just, I need something to change. I need to hit reset. God, I thank you that you're the God of the reset button. Would you encourage them this morning? Jesus, we thank you that you aren't absent from our life. You don't just watch what's going on and hope things will get better, but you're so close. You're so intimately involved in what happens in our lives. And you're a good father and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.